0: And time to run down the latest COVID headlines. She joins us each and every Wednesday. Here is vaccine researcher Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, who joins us now on 640 Toronto. Doctor, good afternoon. Good afternoon. All right. There's a talk that the one dose summer, we heard that from the prime minister, I think a couple of weeks ago, uh, might actually become the two dose summer thanks to our increase in supply. Can you update us as to the supply situation? And do you think, Dr. Gorfinkel, can we get there? Can we have a two dose summer?
1: I think that's a strong possibility that we will. And there's both a carrot and a stick. So what's our carrot? The carrot is that we're getting millions of doses of vaccine on. So Pfizer has basically committed to 2 million plus doses a week, just like till the end of May. And then what happens in June, that goes to 2.4 million. Then Moderna's pitching, and we don't know exactly when we're receiving these Moderna doses, but Long story short, we're gonna have millions of doses. I think the greater challenge is actually going to be, it's switched actually from what it was. Before it was, oh, we have such limited vaccines. And I think the greater challenge is, can we get them in arms fast enough? So will it be a two-dose summer? Yes, it will. How will it be rolled out? My suspicion is we're going to be playing old school until we have plenty of vaccines and it'll probably be a reiteration of what happened with dose one. So we saw it giving, you know, we're giving it to the highest risk populations. Who's spreading the disease? Who's getting the disease? Who's most likely to die, be hospitalized from the disease? That's probably going to inform the rollout until we get so many vaccines that it's basically going to be open to anyone who wants to get it whenever they want to get it. We're not quite there yet, but it will. I don't think it's going to be too long before we'll get there.
0: All right. And when we get there, if we do have a two dose summer, what do you think that means for Canada? I mean, could we see a return to normal by Labor Day or even sooner, perhaps?
1: I think that's a, a really strong possibility. Of course, the big question is, what will happen with the variants of concern? And when I said the carrot and the stick, so the carrot is plenty of vaccines to go around. Thankfully, we're finally seeing them coming in. But the stick is this. What about the variants? What's going to happen with that? And I, I just want to bring to attention like what's going on in India right now. So it doesn't bother us? Well, I'll tell you something. That could easily come here. That is basically a different kind of disease. You'll remember that the B117 variant, which is now 97% plus of what we're dealing with already, was 50% more contagious than the original variant we'd had. Well, guess what? That Indian variant, B1617.2, is 50% more contagious than even that. So we're talking about twice the contagion of the original variant. And that's why there's this huge push now to get people vaccinated with their second dose. What we've learned, and this is a fresh preprint right out of guess where the UK because they've got such an advanced system, they're monitoring it all like we should be doing, but that's a story for another time, but they're monitoring it all and what, what did they teach us? That one dose is not as effective as we thought it was. So we're talking Pfizer and AstraZeneca now, because they didn't have enough numbers to go on with Moderna. But when it comes to Pfizer and AstraZeneca, we're talking one dose efficacy of about 50%. That's not going to cut it if the Indian variant is around the corner.
0: Okay, let let me ask you, is two doses even enough, though, because this was a top trending story at globalnews.ca yesterday that uh, there are many experts uh, concerned about these uh, variants and whether or not the vaccines we have right now will prevent a fourth wave.
1: Yeah, we got that stick on right there, because if that Indian variant should come, it rapidly overtook what was happening in India. India went actually from what was the darling of the world in terms of cases, to an utter disaster that we're seeing now. Their system is completely overrun, overwhelmed, shortages of oxygen and basic necessities. So it's a serious problem. And I'm I'm actually proud to be Canadian because we're learning from that. And we are chasing after, making sure people get their second doses sooner than was originally planned. You'll recall originally the vaccine makers were telling us, oh, you got to get it within the month, basically. And what did NACI say, the National Advisory Committee on Immunizations? They turned around and said, wait, we gotta get this in as many arms as possible. We're going for four months between doses. But now that there's this new UK data suggesting and showing quite clearly that that second dose is what really locks in that immunity. So what do we see? After Pfizer, after that second dose, Two weeks after getting it, 88% protection from the Indian variant. After AstraZeneca, the second dose, two weeks after, gives 63%. Huge differences. That's our stick. That's why we've got to really get going and get those vaccines into arms faster. That's exactly what the UK is doing. They were waiting three months between doses. Now they're waiting two. They're saying, let's just get them into arms as soon as possible to prevent those variants from getting tooth
0: hole on us. Well, after pushing pause on the vaccine, Ontario has made the decision to prioritize AstraZeneca recipients for a second dose of AstraZeneca before the supply that we currently have expires. We're rejoined by vaccine researcher Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. And Dr. Gorfinkel, what do you think of that decision?
1: Well, it just goes to show we've got 45,000 doses that are about to expire next week. So, I mean, talk about running hot and cold. I'm a little annoyed that that information hadn't come out earlier to empower people to make sure that they were ready for such a decision. But that said, the United Kingdom has clearly said, you get dose one, get dose two of AstraZeneca, same dose. Now, what are we talking about in terms of risk? Because these rare brain blood clots are a serious issue that cannot and should not be ignored. So dose one, the risk is one in 60,000. Dose two, the risk is now one in 600,000. It's rare, but it can still happen. That said, what is evidence-based and what locks in that long-term immunity and also against the variant of concern from India and generally the other ones as well is a second dose of the same thing. So that's a problem, right? So what do you do? How do you know the best decision for yourself? If you look at what the World Health Organization is recommending, the European Medicine Agency is recommending and what the health authorities in the United Kingdom are recommending, they're all in alignment and it's all get dose two of AstraZeneca. Now one in 600,000 is still a serious concern and we still need to watch it, but that's what's most guaranteed to lock in that long-term immunity. All of our world data is based on two doses of the same thing. And generally that is the rule in vaccines. You need a booster shot basically of the same thing in order to ensure you not only have longer term immunity, but that immunity is stronger. And this is exactly what I was saying before. So, you know, how effective is a single dose against even B117? Right now, the data from the UK tells us it's about 50% effective. Now that number, we're talking AstraZeneca, Goes up to 66 percent with the second dose. That's a massive difference. And if you're talking Pfizer, the difference is goes it goes pretty much from 50 percent to 93 percent. That's with B117, and those numbers are pretty much similar when it comes to the variant from India as well. So in order to battle the variants of concern, ideally we would have two of the same medic same vaccines.
0: All right. Meantime, uh, this uh, third wave uh, has been so punishing on our hospitals and their resources. Although there's some encouraging news as we came to air here this afternoon, there's reports that ICU numbers are uh, down in the province. But Dr. Gorfinkel, what are your concerns and what are you hearing from patients when it comes to health care and backlogs for uh, other health care services?
1: you know what, patients are still afraid of emergency rooms. They're afraid of any place in which patients are congregating. And who are these patients who are afraid? The the people who are at highest risk of COVID are at highest risk of other potential problems, other medical problems, we know that. So what are we seeing? They don't go to the hospital. So where do they go? I I hate to say it, they can wind up in the morgue and the morgue has seen higher numbers of patients, unfortunately, not due to COVID, but due to other causes that are potentially preventable. So I would suggest to every listener out there, you got chest pain, guess what? The chances of having a heart attack pretty much are the same with or without COVID. You have to go to the hospital to get that checked and ditto for strokes. You're having the headache of your life? Don't play with that go to the hospital and get it checked. Now is the time. Now, you know, this is not a phone call to the family doctor. Crushing chest pain, shortness of breath, dizziness, these issues have to be addressed and they should be addressed in the hospital. Now, when it comes to other services, you know, all those screening services that, I, that we were doing so judiciously pre-pandemic, are we doing them now? We're just starting to pick up But the fact of the matter is these things had gone down to a trickle. So we're talking everything from screening mammograms to pap smears, you know, to that colon cancer check where you mail in that stool sample, all that stuff went down to a trickle. And we're worried that, you know, we're concerned that later on that's going to translate into more potentially, you know, cases of cancer that if, if we would have caught them earlier, they would have fared better.
0: Yeah, I've been reading that that's the looming health crisis coming out of the pandemic, right?
1: It's a, it's a major concern. Absolutely. And, and the fact is, how is one family doctor going to manage it all? And, and the truth of the matter is, we have to be very thoughtful whom we bring in and when. And we have to think about, okay, I'm one person. I'm going to see the people who are at highest risk first. And in that way, ensure that we're getting the most out of that screening time. You know, because it is limited. I can only work at a certain pace, as all family doctors can only work at a certain pace. So we have to do it thoughtfully and judiciously. And the best way is to try to select out those patients who might be at highest risk first and try to aim for them when possible.
0: All right. Uh, reports i just finally hear that uh, Canada's COVID cases are down now. How about this? Over 70% from the peak in April I'm just wondering, what is that number, Dr. Gorfinkel? What does it tell us? Does it tell us that we're just about out of this third wave or coming out of it?
1: I, it just makes me want to dance in the street. What can I say? I mean, that is like a phenomenal number. I wish I would have had that kind of medicine just a month ago, you know, because when the world really seemed to be crashing down, you know, they had erected the tents in front of Sunnybrook, like the tents for overflow. were transferring patients to the, you know, children's hospital from adult hospitals because we were that desperate for beds. Can we take this for granted? Absolutely not. What do we owe it to? Well, the mitigation was ongoing all the time. Mitigation remains super important to do, keeping the gathering small, because we've got to get everybody vaccinated. Vaccination is what is going to turn the tide on this pandemic. It's vaccination that's going to do it, and it's super exciting because our numbers are we're getting there. Like we're now over 50%. We've just crossed that 50% line of all Canadians having been vaccinated. Now it's true, the two-dose thing, we got to wait because we're only at 4%. But we're, shi- we're We're turning into a shining star on the world stage when it comes to that first dose. That's pretty exciting.
0: Absolutely. We seem to be moving finally in the right direction. Dr. Gorfinkel, a pleasure as always. Thank you so much uh, for the time.
1: Many thanks. Always a pleasure, Jeff.
0: All right, there goes vaccine researcher Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, who joins us each and every Wednesday with a COVID update.